This is the Horse Radio Network. Hello, everyone. This is your producer, Jemmy, with episode number 468 of Best Of. The gang is out today, so we are rolling things back to April 15th, 2017, when Reese and Philip deconstructed the shoulder in and answered a listener question about stretchy circles. Listen in. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockford, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hello, everybody. Hello, Jen, who's producing for us today. Hi ho! I can't wait to feel so much smarter. You're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we're going to train you everything you need to know. Everything about can I just Can I put earplugs, ear earbuds in Nigel's head so he can hear too? Because I think that's going to be important. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can put it on in the arena and Nigel, or in the barn and, and Nigel could hear it too. Please. No, I love it. This is a, it's a cool, this is kind of our new segment. We've started, uh, we've got so many great comments on um, the segment we did with Leap Tubman on flying changes that Phil and I talked about it in Omaha and thought, you know what, we should really kind of take some time and, and pick some movements to deconstruct and to sort of get the trainer oh, and judges yeah. Yeah, just go in super in-depth about it and try and give as much information as we can about training the movements and then also about what they should look like when when you've done the training and you're going in the ring with them. So um, we thought it was cool. So we're just giving judges more love as well and and talking uh, all about all the aspects of our dressage, which I think is, is really important and has been really fun to do. So Yeah. Great. We're, we're uh, yeah, we're looking forward to, to continuing this segment. So all is well. So Phil, everything good with you in Canada? It's starting to ramp up, I bet. Yeah, I was riding outside. Oh. It's been fun. How was that? Uh, I was going to say your first time out in like multiple months. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, the horses are good. Uh, no craziness yet. So that's uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're just, you know, show time is in within four weeks or so. Um, and the other exciting thing is, uh, everybody knows that, it, well, if you don't know, well, uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually now it's like three or four weeks ago, I was in Germany and, uh, the horse will be arriving in a couple of weeks. So uh, he's got his ticket booked and, uh, Yay! Get here. yeah, we nice, can't... big, beautiful four-year-old and, uh, who's going to be owned, who I will be training, but is owned by a client. Um, you know, once he gets his basics down, then, uh, then she'll be riding him and, and that'll be great. So I'm uh, really excited about that and really happy. And it's another great thing about, you know, about the summer. We get, you know, some more horses, some horses to start. You know, three, we're talking about training the three-year-old. So we're going to, you know, they'll come in in another Month or two, I like it to be nice and warm when I when I start the, the yeah. crazy guys, you know. So uh, <laughs> that's really fun. We got lots of great stuff going on. So uh, my mood has changed a lot. You're not cranky, Phil. No, no. That is so exciting. We yeah. we don't like cranky Phil. <laughs> cranky so, Phil takes a lot of vacations. That's yeah. Uh, cranky Phil takes a ton of vacations in the winter. <laughs> I understand. I'm not judging. No, I, <laughs> then you're yeah. not as cranky. Oh, I love it. That's very, very cool. Very good. 
And um, yeah, we're we're continuing our showing. We go next weekend even. Um, oh Sorry, yes, That's with that. the young rider selections. So, all right. Yep, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Uh, Mikey, follow me. He gets to go along everywhere. When I go, he goes. <laughs> you know, it's He's like a go along guy. He's the go-along guy. He gets to go everywhere this year. Um, if he wants to or not, um, <laughs> he is going to go on. And um, I do sorry. I, I apologize, everybody. I have a little bit of a cold. So uh, I'm sorry if I sound nasally, um, but getting over that. So, yeah, no, we're uh, full speed ahead here. And it's been beautiful weather. We opened the doors to the indoor today. And so that was fun. The horses all loved it. They were like, oh, yes, this is so nice. They've been out and the grass is so green and it's been nice to sort of get home. And now everybody's settled and in routine and it's all good. So, yeah, I love it. Well, we have because everyone is kind of getting ready for horse shows now. uh, We have a great, great segment from Gerilyn gibson finn um and she will talk about shoulder in today and i hope everybody's going to really enjoy this segment as much as we did they had been together for years since he was just a colt when he got stubborn she would gently coax him on when he got scared she would reassure him and stroke him gently on the neck she spent hours building his confidence his strength his balance teaching him to dance pirouette passage piaf the final salute The crowd jumped to its feet and cheered. It was the moment they had spent a lifetime training for. But all she could think about was how special he was and how she loved him. This love story is brought to you by Endure Extra, providing high-fat calories, direct-fed microbials, and natural vitamin E to support optimal condition and performance. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Well, tonight we are so happy to have our good friend, Gerilyn Gibson Finn on the show. She is a USDF gold, silver, and bronze medalist, and she is a judge, a learner judge with distinction and is currently in the small R program. Gerilyn, welcome to the show. Hi, Reese. Hi, Philip. Well, we are so happy to have you because you're one of those people that can wear both the trainer hat and the judge's hat. And we are continuing with our series on breaking down movements. And today we all decided we would play with a little bit of a shoulder in. So, Gerilyn, get us started. When you start thinking about shoulder in or you have a horse that's about ready, um, how do you get it started? So, I think about shoulder in as being the first of the movements that we use to start to teach the horse how to collect, which is to get more weight carrying on their hind legs. Um, and I think the most important part when you're thinking about teaching your horse how to take the aids for shoulder in is, is that they understand what they should do from the activity of your inside leg. Um, so it's easiest, I think, to start with teaching the horse to leg yield, um, moving away from the pressure of the inside leg and letting them bend to the inside. It's sort of easy to teach them that they can go a little bit sideways from the inside leg through leg yielding exercises. And then that aid becomes pretty familiar to them, that they understand that the inside leg is going to slightly displace their haunches 
And then as they get better at that, you can add more balance and collection on your outside rein um, to keep their front legs traveling straight ahead rather than having them travel to the side. So that's how I sort of approach it to start off. Yeah. So do you also, you know, like yield, uh, turn on the forehand? Are those all things that you kind of would have as a precursor to starting yeah, with? Um, yeah. You and I both know this from our time with Mr. Schumacher. The turn on the forehand is <laughs> his favorite <laughs> part of this. <laughs> it gives the horse the opportunity to really just think about getting the aid from the inside leg and moving their feet and get the aid from the inside leg and move their feet sideways carefully over without any any confusion as to how fast they're supposed to go or where they're supposed to bend or what have you. So yeah, starting with a turn on the forehand is a fabulous way to get the correct reaction from your inside leg. Teach them to how to take their inside hind leg towards their midline or adduct their inside hind leg. I agree. <laughs> yeah. And, and so what, when do you start this? I mean, what age horse or, or, or level of training would you start to say, okay, this is kind of the time that I'm going to work on the shoulder in. I don't know. I kind of feel like I'd be interested in what you guys think too, but I kind of feel like the more horses that you train, the more you realize doing this as early as possible is a really good idea Yeah, <laughs> um, because it allows you to really, to give the horse steering, you know, some steering, some direction from your driving aids and not just have to use your reins to get them to go where you want them to go. So, um, I, I start teaching it pretty much as soon as I um, have a horse going under saddle gently, like on a circle, just doing some yielding from the inside leg a little bit on the circle. Um, and it's really sort of the first thing I, I do, I think, other than teaching them how to slow down. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm always starting to work the inside leg. I don't know. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm glad you talked about that on a circle because, um, you know, not a lot of people think about it this way, but if you can leg yield a little bit on a circle, you're already doing uh, a shoulder in because you have control of the hind legs, you have the bend of the circle, and uh, you have the horse pressing his hind leg on, maybe even just, you know, like you're saying with the youngest horses, just a very slightly... Uh, the hind legs very slightly on a bigger circle than the forelegs. That's shoulder in, right? Mm-hmm. I think people mm-hmm. get a lot, yeah. a lot, of, a lot of that stuff confused when they try and take the horse, you know, along the long side, and you say shoulder in. Well, then they, you know, try and go really sideways, or they try and bend too much, or they end up pulling mm-hmm. the neck around, and all of these mistakes that you see are all in uh, kind of a mental confusion about what we want to see with shoulder in. I mean, like, uh, like you're saying, we just need to have just, an, you know, using your inside leg to increase the bend slightly and, uh, and activate the hind leg a little bit. That's shoulder in. So when we introduce it to the very young horses, it, it doesn't have to be so stressful and it, de- and it definitely doesn't have to be super sideways and, and crossing. You know, again, we yeah. see this mistake so much in shoulder in is like the horse is crossing four legs over sideways on four tracks. Shoulder in is three mm-hmm. tracks three or tracks. less or less, yeah. not three tracks or more. If you go past three right. tracks and shoulder in, you're not training it right. And you're just doing leg yield all the way around the arena. And that can be a lot yeah. more difficult than what you're trying to accomplish with bending the horse and strengthening the uh, inside hind leg in a shoulder in. Thing. Yeah, because so, you're just pulling them off of balance, basically. Yeah, yeah. Then you're just throwing them a little bit sideways and pushing them too much through the outside rein, and and you're not helping the horse develop 
balance and strength, you're actually um, interrupting it and ruining it a little mm-hmm. bit. So that's a very right. important point for me is to to be establishing this on a circle first in a very slight and small way. And then when you get to the point, uh, for me, it's usually uh, four years old at the end of the four-year-old mm-hmm. year. If, if I have a very good horse, then I'm starting to introduce shoulder in. Um, you know, down the wall and, and down only the wall. Yeah. Two, two or three steps at a time. You know, I start with a 15 meter circle, a little bit shoulder in down the wall, very slight angle, very slight bend, and then back to the circle. So the horse mm-hmm. doesn't get tired or frustrated or, you know, feeling very sideways with the whole maneuver. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's my approach. So that's, you know, that's what I do at home. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Kind of starting with the idea right now with the four year olds, we just started riding them again. And, and we're getting them ready to learn some dressage stuff instead of just stop go you know um that kind of thing so yeah it's it's a super helpful exercise yeah what you talk about with doing it with the four-year-olds is an interesting way of also introducing it to the to the um inexperienced rider Mm -hmm. which is that when you when you teach them that the rider learns that a shoulder in is basically the feeling you have just as you start a circle except for that you carry it down the long side. I think that's one of those important learning points about what is a shoulder in or where does it happen. And it's, it's as if you are just about to start a circle and then you're able to keep that, that bend and the forward motion from your inside leg. Um, and that's a big part. I, I, I think I probably end up teaching more riders shoulder in than I have the opportunity to teach a handful of young horses every year. And that's always a big technique that I use is to have them start a circle and then keep the horse going a little bit straighter from the inside leg. And how else, Geraldine, you know, what, what other things when you're teaching children do you do with your students? Um, I, I like to give my, for the horse's sake, I like to try to teach my students a very consistent pattern of the technique of their aids, like what they physically do with their body to try to teach them to do the, the same thing with their body every time they think about asking for a shoulder in. And for me, the, the, you know, the big issues with shoulder in are when people almost basically try too hard and they end up using the reins too much, the horse loses its forward energy or it gets overbent. Um, or they are kicking so much that they lose their position of sitting on their inside seat bone. They end up pushing themselves to the outside, et cetera. So I have three things I tell my students to think about doing just, just to give the horses a really consistent experience. When they come, they come out of the corner and they head down the long side. I have them continue to turn just a little bit by keeping their inside hand a little bit wide, a little bit of a leading rein not a backwards rein. And the second thing I tell them to do is to a little bit, little bit lean back on their inside shoulder. So they're almost a little bit doing shoulder in themselves, just a tiny little bit, like bringing their outside shoulders a tiny bit around. It lets them really sit on their inside seat bone and lets them drive in with their inside seat bone. And then the third thing is to keep your inner leg at the girth and keep it active because that's what's going to direct the horse to stay on the line and not just turn onto the circle. So it's those three points, kind of like a flashcard. Like when I say shoulder in, I want my students to think I bring my in, both reins actually come a little bit to the inside. So the outer rein 
lays against the neck of the horse without crossing over, which kind of gives them the feeling of pushing. And the inside rein goes a little bit wide, so both reins shift a little bit to the inside. Lean back and sit on your inside seat bone, and then activate the horse with the inside leg at the girth. So like one, two, three, one, two, three. And so I usually just have people practice those physical actions before they pay any attention to what's happening with their horse. And if they're lucky enough to be on like one of my schoolmaster horses, then they look up in the mirror and they realize they're doing shoulder in. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that's a really good way to, to think about it. And the only thing that I would even say is just open that inside shoulder a little bit. Um, cause I always mm-hmm. like to think that my shoulders sort of parallel to where the horse's shoulder is going to be. Yeah. That's my what shoulders I was trying to describe. Hips. Like, exactly. Like a little bit <coughs> turn. Like you're, you're talking about bringing your inside shoulder a little bit, a little bit back. Right. So what you mean right. by open, yeah. like, so I think it, that, yeah, bring yeah. it back in the direct. Yeah. That's exactly what I, that's my second. Yeah. I agree. Totally. No, and then the horse is tend to follow that body language and easy for them. I also think it's a really important point to try to teach people that the goal of shoulder in like is that once once you've turned you can use your inside rein a little bit to turn the horse's front legs a little bit off the line to get them onto three tracks but then you need to keep the line with the driving aid of your seat bone and your leg and the balance of your outside rein the horse should be like pushing into your outside rein and that I always want to be able to see my upper level students, if they can put their inside hand forward in the shoulder in and the position of the horse doesn't change. Like if you have to hang on your inside rein to keep the shoulder in, then you don't have it right. It's not working. Yeah, It's not working. <laughs> That's a good test too, just to see, can yeah. you float your inside hand a little bit forward and is the horse actually on the outside rein? Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the time where people like to have a little bit of a, you know, if, if there's going to be a fault, the outside rein is going to be on a loop almost. Mm-hmm. And then, then yeah. you know for sure that the horse isn't actually driving mm-hmm. under and going to the yeah. outside rein. Pushing to the outside rein. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to add a couple of things to that is to um, pay attention to where you're looking. A little yes. bit in the beginning because you have to be looking across the re- arena because that's your, your goal and destination. And uh, just to draw attention to the thing that Adrenaline said is an active inside leg because I see way too many people just plant their inside leg on the horse's side and push and push and hold that leg on. And then that's, that's not going to work either because the horses, when you do that, actually sit against that inside leg even more. So, right. again, you so have to put it on and then you have to rhythm. take it off almost with every step to refresh the idea yeah. That you're yeah. you're using that leg in coordination with the inside hind leg, hopefully, if you're good with your balance and your coordination, that, that every step is a refresh of that hind leg coming up and under and over, up and under and over, and, and there has to be a release of the pressure um, with every step mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then one extra thing that I would add, you know, an exercise that I add to help people with the idea of going forward is to come out of the corner do a few steps of shoulder in or your attempt at shoulder in and then ride forward across the arena like you're going across the diagonal and then try and ride a few steps of shoulder in on the quarter line so that you know you refresh your inside aids to, to press down the wall again and then to go across the arena again and if you have a really big arena this is this is helpful but if it's a smaller one you don't have to you know go all the way across the diagonal but you know as, as you cross each quarter line as you make your way across the diagonal and down the arena you can refresh that so the horse isn't being driven sideways into the wall because what you can end up with is horses just magnetized toward the wall with the hind legs and the shoulders then you get a little bit too much of that shoulder out idea and the horse is kind of stepping into the kickboards instead of you know freeing oh, the balance that, 
into the arena. Yeah. When you just said that up against the board, that reminded me of another Schumacher exercise, actually, which is probably pretty useful, which is actually to do a head to the wall leg yield sometimes to teach the horse. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a horse that's running off too much and not, not giving enough um, carriage behind, you know, do it going into the wall a little bit, like on the second track. Mm-hmm. So he's not claustrophobic, but and then and then giving the aids for a little bit of shoulder in, and then the reins don't have to stop the horse from making a mistake. The wall kind of acts as a guideline. That's a great introduction to it as well. If they're if they're a little bit unsupple off the inside leg. Absolutely. Well, Jared, (laughs) thank you so much for coming on and putting on your trainer hat. And right after this commercial break, we're going to come back with Geraldine Finn and she's going to change her hats and put her judge's hat on. And we're going to talk a little bit about from the judge's perspective. Fairfield Inn and Suites North by Marriott Lexington is the ideal hotel for you as they are the closest hotel to the Kentucky Horse Park. They have the most spacious guest rooms and suites in the area, and they're only four miles from downtown Lexington. Fairfield Inn and Suites North offers complimentary breakfast, free Wi-Fi throughout the hotel, free parking, a business center, an indoor swimming pool and jacuzzi, an outdoor patio with grill, laundry facilities, and much more. You get hungry, Cracker Barrel is located right next door, and there are four other dining options available within walking distance for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Of course, Lexington is known for the Kentucky Horse Park, University of Kentucky, Keeneland, and the historical Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Enjoy a terrific hotel experience while you're touring Lexington. There's no denying that the Lexington North Fairfield Inn & Suites is the best value in town and will meet all your hospitality needs. Just Google Fairfield in North Lexington and make your reservations today. Well, we are back with Gerilyn Finn of Finesse Dressage, and she's changed to her judge's hat. Gerilyn, welcome back to the show. Hi, Reese. Hi, Philip. Thanks. Glad to be here. So you are currently in the small the small art program, right? So you are That's right. getting getting this this hammered in from the judge's perspective. So. Let's get into it. We first see shoulder in win in, in, in the, the test. In second, in second level, it's the first lateral movement introduced um, to sort of start to show collection in second level. So we see it in second level test one. In fact, it's sort of the only lateral movement in second level test one. And so what are you looking it, for when it's first introduced in second level? Yeah. So, I mean, I think in general, second level is one of those, it's such a, it's it's a little bit of a nightmare for people that are approaching it the first time because the, the standard is is significantly higher than first level and training level because your horse is now supposed to start to to have a level or uphill balance um, and so beginning of actually being collected. So shoulder in is technically always done in a collected trot and um, and it's what you're looking for with I think at second level test one and in second level in general, you're looking for the horse and rider to show that the essence of a shoulder in, but you're probably as a judge also trying really hard to make sure that in an effort to get something that looks like a shoulder in, the rider isn't messing up the basics of the horse, which means that just because you need a little bit sideways and you need three tracks, you don't want to make your horse lose its impulsion is the most important basic there. 
And because you're now using the rain to displace the front end a little bit, you also are looking as a judge to see that they're not harassing their horse too much in the contact. <laughs> yeah. So you're all, so you're, so you're, so at the lower level, you're really looking to defend the basics, like that the horse has a nice impulsion that doesn't get disrupted because of the lateral exercises and that the connection is still harmonious and the horse is accepting the bit and it's on the bit and that, that the rider doesn't screw up the comfort and the connection that the horse has in the front because they're doing the shoulder end. And then you want to make sure you see sort of three tracks that it's clear that the shoulders are a little bit on the inside. Um, and so if you have impulsion and the horse is well connected and you've achieved the outside front leg to be on the middle track, you know, chances are you're probably, Oh, and the horse is on the bit. You're probably at a seven. Um, and then I think that the big mistakes are also that sometimes people just take the horse's neck way too hard to the inside mm -hmm. thinking they're getting the front end to move over and they're just bending the horse at the base of the neck. Um, so that's a big, big problem that you see at the beginning of, of mostly with the riders that are learning how to do second level, not so much if you have a good rider and a younger horse, but in any case, that's a really common fault. What would the um, score be sort of for the neck in, which is a common. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, so, so when you're judging it from the front, one of the guidelines that I use is that if you look at the front of the horse while they're in a shoulder or look at the front of the horse doing nothing, then the horse's face is going to be centered on its chest. And then when you are asking for a bending exercise or flexion, something that has, you know, a particular amount of flexion, like a shoulder in or even a leg yield or whatever, um, you, I want to make sure that the bending of the rider of the horse, the flexion of the horse doesn't take the horse's face past the line of the inside shoulder. So like if you drew a line straight up from the horse's inside shoulder, you don't want to see the horse's face pulled to the inside of that line. And so that's my, that's sort of my, one of my guidelines. And if mm -hmm. it's, if it's dramatically pulled to the inside, but the horse still has a lively impulsion. The horse isn't pissed off in the bridle. Sorry, if that's not appropriate, if the horse isn't upset with the contact, um, <laughs> um, then, and it's still a shoulder in on three tracks, then it, then it can be a six. Um, it really depends on the degree of disruption that the overflexion is causing. If that makes some sense. You know what I mean? And sometimes people just get the neck and the feet don't do anything different. And then that's not going to be more than a five for sure. If not lower. That makes sense. Yeah. I like this, the, the shoulder line description. Um, so that, that the nose comes away from the center line of the horse's chest but not further than it. So that's, I mean, that's, I think we can all visualize that and have a good idea about how much bend we're talking about. And, uh, and I think I mean, and then me, you have like I a problem the shoulder like, in. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. What sorry. was that? No, I was just, I was going to talk a little bit about the four tracks versus over flex. Yes. I mean, yes. Yeah. Go that's, ahead. That's, that's perfect. That's, that's still not going to be an eight. You know what I mean? But if it's a happy horse with good impulsion and it stays happily on the bit and you've made a mistake of having four tracks, you know, you're still not, it's still an effort at a shoulder in, you know what I mean? Usually you start to notice things like it's on too many tracks. If the balance has gotten disturbed and you've lost the impulsion and the horse is against the reins, those are the things that, you know, tend to bring the scores lower 
if it's just a little bit of a technical mistake of being slightly too wide, but everything else is harmonious, you might not find it be punished that much, you know? Yeah, I think when when we get down to it through through all the levels, if the harmony is there, you're not going to get killed in a score, right? Um, if it looks but, like what you're as soon as you lose do, kind of the harmony, harmony, the impulsion idea, then the scores start to get real low because uh, yeah. that's not the purpose of our sport, right? So I think that's right when the right when the exercises or the riding starts to disturb the natural gates of the horse, then we have to be more strict about it for sure. So as you, you know, shoulder in is one of those movements that um, maybe doesn't really disappear, right? Right. So it's all the way through. So as you're going through and third level and fourth level and pre-St. George and intermediate one, what are the things that you're looking for that the shoulder in, does it change? Like, how does that work from a judge's perspective? I I think that's one of the coolest things about shoulder in. If you just look at it from C, like at, at all the different levels. What, what you'll see as you go up the levels and you see it done well is you'll still see the same basics in the sense that it's three tracks. It's not over flexed. It doesn't lose the impulsion, all that stuff. But the more collection the horse has, the more it has the strength to carry its weight more on its hind legs while maintaining a lively impulsion. Um, in the shoulder in, then what you start to see is a bit more air time and you'll see um, the reach of the outside front leg, the, the reach, so like height and reach and ground cover will start to grow and it's sort of the shoulder in then enhances the amount of uh, the impression of being off the ground that the horse has, the higher you go up in the levels. So they go from maybe being a little bit flat and that's sort of okay at second level to having much more, you know, they, they're not just level in their balance at the pre-St. George. They're, they're uphill. Their, their shoulders are lighter, which means when you turn them into a shoulder in that front shoulder, that front outside leg can really get expressive. So it's still a shoulder in it's three tracks, the bending, et cetera, but the expression and the cadence of the horse usually gets much more impressive. Yeah, and I think that's important to point out that that's the exercise that also, like, the, in the, when we get back to the training a little bit, that that's how that gets created, and then you get to show it off in the ring. That's what's cool, you know, when you get into the the St. George I-1, it's like, you know, you've not only taught the horse to do that, but that's the method in which you've taught it, so it really, it should work really well, right? And, right, uh, exactly. and it's kind of it's kind of fun to ride, right? In second level, mm-hmm. it's not all that fun to ride because <laughs> the horse isn't all that sure. Is second level really that fun to ride? I mean, no, second I level is a hard level to ride. every time, yeah. I was just um, going to say, second level is a hard level. I'm just throwing that out there. It really is. It mm-hmm. really is. And the horse goes, I don't know about this. And, you know, they kind of sometimes wander <laughs> off sideways on you or they accidentally, <laughs> uh, they accidentally bump the, the, the little the white fence and they scare yep. themselves across the arena for a bit. Yep. It's yep. not fun to ride. But when you yep. have a horse that's really well confirmed and you get to, you know, show it in the St. George, uh, that that's kind of one of the, you know, the funnest movement to ride. Well, actually, that. that's, yeah, that's a really good point about the hind leg hitting the rail at second level and stuff, because what they make you do then, of course, at fourth level, and also you see it in the I-1, uh-huh. is you have to ride the shoulder in on the center line. And so the rider has to control the outside hind leg 
so yeah. that it doesn't go wide onto four tracks because you don't have the rail in those in those tests to hold it. You have to really prove that the hind legs are going straight on the line, and it's the carriage of the inside hind leg that's making the three tracks, not just going sideways. Yeah, yeah. I think we so. skipped that a little bit in our training segment because we talked too much about how to introduce the idea. But as you continue on through the levels, and you and that outside leg becomes more and more important as a yeah. guiding leg and an activating leg. And like, you're not going to get that expressive shoulder in without a little bit two legs on the horse. So I think that's, yeah. uh, you know, that's well, and maybe that's a good too. point to talk about the position of your legs too, is so important that you have that mm-hmm. when you're riding any of the lateral movements that your inner leg has a tendency to be a little closer to the girth and your outer leg has that tendency to be a little bit, a little bit back, you know, that little bit of a scissor kick position that's so so important to keep you sitting on your inside seat bone. And then with your outer leg, like if somebody's going to go start to practice shoulder in after listening to this, I would hate them to not know that their outside leg should be just a tiny little bit back as you're going along and asking for this bending from the inside leg. That's kind of important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right? It's there and it guides and it drives a little <laughs> yeah. bit and, yeah, that's yeah, that's a really good point, right? We almost forgot that trainer. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> this is why there are three of us on this segment. <laughs> well, Philip so graciously reminded of us of the problem of the horse ricocheting <laughs> off the rail. Which... <laughs> I mean, because I've made all the mistakes more than once and more than twice all the time. So. <laughs> well, we all have. We all have mm-hmm. for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Well, Geraldine, anything else that our listeners should kind of watch out when they're in the show ring doing their shoulder in, if it's from second level on up? I think I think one of the things that being in the small R program and then having done the L program as well really helped me to understand is that you really need to put the basics, the, the quality of the impulsion, the quality of the connection should always be your priority when you're trying to do any of these tests. So if, if what you're, if, if you, if you're riding and practicing a second level test at home and you're thinking about going to the show ring and have to do second level uh, shoulder in on both sides, like you do in second one, you have to make sure you're not losing the impulsion and that your horse isn't getting stiff in the contact before you're going to be rewarded for a shoulder in. Um, so I think that's something that I don't think people think about maybe a little too much. Oh, I've got three tracks. Why is the judge so mad and only gave me a five, you know, and it's because we have, the horse has to be able to give you the three tracks, give you the bend in harmony with energy. So I think that probably gets skipped over as people read the test and go, well, I can make my horse go sideways. That shouldn't be so bad. I'm sure I can do second level. Um, and it's, it's really, if you lose those two things, then you're not going to be rewarded. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jerry, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show and deconstructing the shoulder in for us with both their trainer and your judge's hat. And how can our listeners find you online? Um, I have a website. It's uh, finestressage.com. Um, and it has all my contact information there. So thanks Good. for having me, you guys. Fantastic. That was super fun. Yes. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. 
Well, Jen, you are, you're always awesome with our listener emails and questions and Facebook shout outs. Um, so we're looking forward to it. It's like, Phil and I don't really know the questions, so it's like Jeopardy, or it's like a game <laughs> show for us. We're like, what is yeah, Jen going like, to ask well, us? Well, you try and stump us this week. Why don't you? Yeah, come on, Jen, for our total saddle fit tip of the week. Jen, what's our question from a listener? This this is uh, My Horse Needs Impulsion for 200, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here is the question. Dear Philip and Reese, I need help on my stretchy circles. My horse stretches beautifully through his neck, but loses impulsion, according to the judge's remarks. If I try to push him forward, his head goes up, he loses his bend, and it all goes sideways. Well, this one might be European. That's a, that's a UK kind of a saying right there. Can you recommend <laughs> any exercises that would help my little Appaloosa stretch and maintain the forward trot I've worked so hard to develop? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, um, Phil, you want to tackle this? Or you want me to go first? Uh, go first, and then okay. uh, and then I'll get ideas from your ideas. <laughs> exactly. That's why <laughs> Phil always goes second, everybody, because he he bumps off <laughs> on me. Week, next week, I'll go first. Okay. Uh huh. Sure. No, but um, so uh, the very common problem, and in in a common question for sure, uh, for everybody. So, um, last year. Jennifer Roth actually did a great segment. We talked about stretchy circles uh, when she deconstructed, I think, the training level test. And I actually, you know, the, the good part about Phil and I doing this show every week is we also get to learn new things. And one of the things that I, I loved and I, I instantly started using with my teaching when teaching the stretchy circle is um, – to think about the stretchy circle in four different parts. I think a lot of times people start the stretchy circle and sort of, you know, lengthen the reins, um, say a little prayer and hope the horse puts their head down and hope, you know, can't wait to get to the end of the circle. Well, um, and like I said, I'd love to take this as my own idea, but it wasn't. So Jennifer was talking about as you're on a 20 meter circle, think of that circle in four different sec sections, four different quadrants. And in the middle of each quadrant, you have to sort of reestablish some bend and reestablish some energy. So let's say, you know, think about from, you know, the circle has four circle points and in between each one of those is sort of the quadrant. So four times in a stretchy circle, you're going to actually supple the horse on the inside rein, even in a longer frame. Put on your inside leg, connect them a little bit more to the outside rein, and that would be a great time to ask to keep the energy and the impulsion there um, so that the – so, again, you're sort of talking to the horse or reestablishing some communication as you go through the stretchy circle. And then I also like to think that when you do the stretchy circle that the, the nose, the horse's nose is at least – to the point of their shoulder. And I think that that's a pretty good visual. It has to be there. So as you go through the stretchy circle, at least four times, it doesn't mean you can't do it eight times or more if you need it, just to put your inside leg on and reestablish the bend as the horse goes on the circle. So I think that will really help you with keeping the forward and keeping the engagement and keeping the push. Phil, you're up. All right. I, um, I like to look at this problem as a connection issue. So... Um, if I'm picturing this horse in my head, it has a really great relaxation, but not a great connection from the hind legs to the front legs. So the horse takes this opportunity to just sort of 
relax and and trot around a little bit. And so if that's the case, um, you know, you have to think about keeping the horses back up, you know, and still it's it's still the horse has to be working in this thing. And so, you know, the stretch circle is not just a relaxation point. You know, when we talk about the, the stretch walk, you know, we give the horse to the buckle and he, and he gets a little bit of a relaxation time, especially in the early test, the, the training level and first level sort of thing. Um, but here in the trot, we, we must keep the engagement and we must keep the connection. So what I would do in, you know, in a daily training idea is let him only stretch as much as you can keep the connection, that you can keep the impulsion. So if one day it's, you know, the horse goes down two centimeters, but you keep him forward without losing that idea, then that's what you should do. And then the, the next day, stretch, you know, four centimeters while keeping the engagement so that you don't go for 100% stretch and also 100% loss of, of uh, engagement. It's better to keep a little bit less stretch if you can keep the horse a little bit together and bending and, and that, and then develop your, your stretch trot, you know, to as long as you want it to have, um, you know, nose, you know, down to the ground or, you know, pretty far down. But if, if you're stretching a lot and you're losing engagement, then you're not completing the purpose of the exercise and that's why the scores are, are um, suffering. So, um, you know, take a little bit of time in training. This is going to take some, some time. It's going to take some weeks. And then by the end of it, hopefully you have, um, you know, a full stretched horse with the engagement. And another exercise to think about is leg yielding on the circle. So the horse, so you're using your inside leg to drive the horse a little bit out on the circle to your outside rein. And then you're, you're just solidifying that idea of connection that the horse must go forward to the bit and stretch at the same time. So, I mean, it's like everything else. It takes time and you want to develop it correctly, you know, a little bit by little bit, you know, centimeter at a time. And then you can, uh, you know, in a couple of months and have it, the, the whole problem worked out, you know? So, uh, I think that, I hope that helps. I think we yeah. covered, you know, covered the four quadrants. I've covered a little bit, the exercises to help it. And, uh, this is not a huge problem. I think you can just no. work away at it and, You'll be and fine. It'll, yeah. it'll develop. Yeah. It'll be fine. It will. It will. Well, really good. <laughs> really, really good. I love good it. Good question. Yeah. Good everybody question. has trouble with that stretch circle. I love it. This tip was brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Phil, we are super lucky. We got a Facebook message that you wanted to read tonight. 
Well, a little while back, we talked about um, judges' comments, and we wanted people to send in their judges' comments, and then uh, we got one, which is great. And then we kind of forgot about it because I think that, <laughs> well, we got busy. that happens at the end of the month, like when we, yeah, we when got busy. We the off week, and then, yeah, anyways, it's our fault. But uh, we got it here, so I'm gonna read this from our Facebook messages about a judges' comment from a show. This right. person wrote a third level test last summer in front of a very well and high, well known and highly regarded judge. It was a, on a relatively new horse, and in retrospect, had no business being in the ring. Unbeknownst to her, the horse was a bit barn sour, and, and over time, he saw an opening in the gate of the ring. Thought she would head back to the barn. At A was I, when I was going to do my rain back. My horse started to go up on his hind legs a little bit. Ooh, this sounds a little scary. <laughs> I was like, this isn't good. All right, not a serious rear, mind you, but his forelegs were off the ground for a period of time. The judge at C remarked on my test sheet, the Levade at A was late. Disappointing <laughs> test result. I came home from the show with a smile re- recalling that one moment and remark. We've all had tests like that. It helps to laugh at our mistakes. Many thanks to that judge. So sometimes the judges do have a bit of humor, right? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> the Levad. Yes. Yes. Levad. Whoops. We've yes. all had, we've all had that happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, on that note, everybody, you can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me best on Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week. (laughs) 